Welcome to the PR Week, PR Week's regular weekly roundup of everything that matters in the worlds of PR and communications. My name is Steve, Steve Barrett, I'm the Editor-in-Chief of PR Week. I'm going to guide you gently through the next 15-20 minutes as we catch up on a busy week, um, dominated by the World Cup. Still, I don't know what I'm going to do when that ends on Sunday. Uh, my life will have a big void in it, but uh, it's been fantastic. We're going to pick up on that and what brands have been doing around it and what US soccer is doing to keep, sorry, did I just say soccer? US football is doing to keep enthusiasm rolling after the event. We'll catch up on the uh, Wall Street Journal's 125th anniversary and uh, a new reality show, possibly, involving the reputation doctor, Mike Paul. Sort of a, a real-life scandal type show. Uh, we'll find out all about that. And the PR Week Awards are open for entries already for next year, so we'll uh, talk to you a little bit about that. I am joined by... Lindsay Stein, our senior reporter specialising in consumer. Lindsay, how are you doing? I'm swell. Have you got any tough mudders or uh, warrior runs yes. on the horizon? One in September, but it's really short. It's only three miles. But it's a warrior Only though. three miles. Yeah. But all right, and Frank Washcook, our news editor. Frank, how are you? I'm doing well, Steve. You uh, watching the soccer uh, with great uh, I've, uh, excitement? I've been watching soccer, uh, trying to figure out how it works. Yeah. We, you know, <laughs> this whole offsides thing and uh, having a little trouble with the offsides rule. Yeah, and when, that when you've got 25 minutes, uh, come and see me. We'll, I'll talk you through it. Yeah. The minutes will fly by. All right, well, let's start with the World Cup since we're on that. Um, incredible game yesterday. It was like literally the most amazing game I've ever seen in my near 45 years of football watching. Yes, I know I don't look that old, uh, listeners, but uh, it's really true. Um, yeah, Germany was 7-0 up against Brazil, and uh, it could have been 10-12, it could have been anything, to be honest. I think they, they, they uh, took sympathy on them in the end, and Brazil got a goal back, but 7-1. And Frank, what... Um, Incredible game, first of all, but then what, what did brands do? Because a lot of uh, companies were trying to get involved in a real-time marketing point of view, and uh, especially the German car companies. Sure. Audi, which uh, is actually owned by Volkswagen and its parent company, kind of uh, had a bit of a duel. Uh, both were... Definitely enjoying the fact that Germany was up and up big and, you know, a few semi-mocking tweets. Uh, nothing too crazy or controversial. No, you've got to be careful with that, haven't you? Because Brazil's a pretty big market in its own right. Yeah, so it's being authentic but not digging the digging digging in too hard. Not too much. No. Yeah, because you really don't want to... I mean, France have had to apologize in the past, sure. haven't they, for going, for going too far. Yeah, and, you know, uh, some were a little bit more milquetoast. I mean, Visa just had... Uh, it's now kind of an iconic image of this one poor Brazilian <laughs> fan kid yes. bawling his eyes out. Um, you know, it, it, you know things like that. But it it was such a fascinating game if you watched it in real time because you don't, you don't really you see the occasional kid crying in the stands at a you know the Super Bowl or something like that, but you don't quite see the yeah, display of emotion. That's that fairly well that. established. If you went to cut to the crowd at the England games, you'll have seen grown men crying. And, well, you know, um, it's a passionate sport, I suppose. It certainly is, uh, and it makes a change from just going to the best-looking uh, girls in the crowd, which is what the ESPN cameras seem to have been doing for the most of the time. Is, yes, I wrote an article on that yesterday, and it's called, um, and forgive me for using this term, it's called Finding the Honey Shot, is uh, zooming into the crowd to so the most attractive woman you can find, I don't like. 
So, there you go. What did you make of it, Lindsay? Uh, yeah, you're a big soccer fan? No, I mean, it's fun to watch. I have fun watching it. Adidas <laughs> had only the best no. teams make it to the semifinals. And then Red Bull said, somebody give Brazil some wings, which I thought was funny. Adidas really is, is sticking the knife in there. Because it's, <laughs> well, it's cause they're the but there's a business sponsor. thing. Right, but yeah. Nike sponsored the other team. So you have a bit of a... Oh, so Adidas was the kit supplier? Yeah. Adidas is definitely the kit supplier for Germany. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, but they were trying, kind of being nice there in the only great team to reach true. the semi-finals. So they're, they're kind of, you know, not digging in too much there. Yeah, lots of interesting stuff there. And it was kind of uh, bizarre. There was a, a massive thunderstorm on the beach at Copacabana, which if you've been watching the coverage, is the backdrop to right. the ESPN and the other TV studios. And that actually knocked out the power to the studio. Yeah. So at half time, they couldn't even talk to the experts, really. They had to bunch into this tiny little cupboard where the men in blazers normally uh, perform because there was no power. But perform is a good way of describing what they do. And, um, <laughs> I actually thought ESPN handled that about as well as they could have. Definitely some, some quick thinking there because their main set was out. It was, it was out cold. Yeah, so. um, I w as, as some listeners may know, I was in Brazil for a couple of weeks uh, at the World Cup and I walked past that area where the stations are, where all the studios are. It actually crosses the street. Mm. There's a whole bank of them. I don't know whether they were all out. Um, and it's, a, it's an impressive backdrop, uh, obviously. And, you know, like always, when you actually see it, in, it's not as quite as... Um, you know, impressive as you see as you see on TV, but um, yeah, it, I, it's not great when a national broadcaster's you know reduced to that. And there was uh, there was a few problems with the cable of the signal as well afterwards. I don't know whether that was local weather or whether that was from the no, from it, the scene. At least as far as just on Twitter, I think people were and ESPN is one of those things where people take a pot shot at them no matter what they do, good or bad. I think people were pretty much impressed, if not amused by them moving across the streets. Yeah. The, you know. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an incredible game, incredible day. Um, uh, from the real-time point of view, which actually was mentioned in your story, Frank, the fact that I mean Germany were up 5-0 after just 30 yeah. minutes meant that they had a whole hour to you know, get their uh, creatives and their ideas out there and, and to do stuff with it, didn't they? Yeah, and it, it's interesting because uh, you know, so many of those goals came within one. It was about eight minutes spell yeah, and it scored and it four was times. Just, uh, it happened so quickly and it was pretty unexpected, I think, too. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people thought Germany would win, but maybe 2 1 yeah, or yeah. nothing or whatever. You don't expect scores like that in a semi final. Yeah. So let me ask games. you a question as the only actual soccer <laughs> fan here. What, what is the point where you call off the dogs in a, in a soccer match? There is none. It's yeah. not boxing. It's not. I mean, you could have said the same in the Super Bowl right. this year. That was pretty much over, wasn't it? Yeah, you well know, like before in, half time. In baseball, they sort of hold the runners when you're up eight or nine or ten. You know, I mean, is there a point where if you have an open shot, they say, you know? I think what they did here was Germany certainly substituted uh, some key players. Mm -hmm. They put a couple of guys on who hadn't had any action at all, to, just to give them an opportunity to play. Mm -hmm. um, but actually, when when it's Germany, you would have seen when they uh, conceded their goal. The Brazil goal, they were furious and the players were not happy. That was the level of professionalism there. Because one of their players, Meza Ozil, had just missed an incredible chance to go 8 0, mm -hmm. and Brazil went down the pitch and scored. And uh, the captain was not happy, and Bastian Schweinsteiger, uh, not happy. And that's why they're winners, Frank.
That's why they're winners. Do you think that they'll win the next match against Not necessarily. Argentina slash Argent- Netherlands? Argent- we're, we're broadcasting here before the Argentina-Holland game. Um, that will be a much tougher game, and I think either game, either team will give Germany a very tough game, and Germany are by no means certain to win. And if they go in with that attitude, then they definitely won't win. So, I mean, I've tipped Argentina from the start. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. I'm pulling for hostage for fortune here because people are going to be listening to this after the game. Yeah, yeah I'd like to see the Netherlands win uh, because uh, their manager is going to be the next Manchester United manager, which is my team. So, and they have Robin van Persie, who's a United striker. Anyway, enough of this. But we are going to stick with the soccer theme, Lindsay, because you did an interesting piece about what US uh, soccer is going to do to keep the enthusiasm rolling after the massive interest in the World Cup and the massive presence both in Brazil and at bars and in workplaces around the country. So talk us through that one. Um, so, I mean, they have, they have stuff coming up. They have the Gold Cup, and uh, as Gary, our production editor, told me, there's also the Copa, I think it's called Copa Cup, in a couple of years coming up. And they're going to focus on players, especially the development players, because they want to prove to, especially new fans, like, here's what we're doing to develop our players so that we can eventually win a World Cup. That's what he said. Like, we can do it. Here's what we're doing to get our players there, get to know our players. Um, so yeah, it's pretty much. Yeah, right. because let's be honest, uh, they, there's an MLS game on Sunday or Saturday, and I can guarantee that the yeah. standard is going to be significantly yeah. below what we've been seeing out in in Brazil. Obviously, but yeah. uh, then there has to be a strong American league for the sport to really take off over here. But I thought they did well during the World Cup. I mean, they kept things interesting. Um, the reality is, I think most consumers really don't know much about most of these players. So um, I think they did a good job educating. Yeah, there's no sort of Landon Donovan type figure, really, is it? Clint Dempsey, I suppose, Tim right. Howard's with uh, his heroics in goal. And it will be, be interesting. It will be interesting to see if uh, Everton, the English club, does any sort of huge campaign over here from the start of the next Premier League season with Howard as their goaltender. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, he was a very popular figure for a week or two, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to remember him when it comes Yeah, and Landon season. played for Everton, too, for a, a couple of seasons. Not full-time, just for in the off-season of MLS. All right, uh, Frank, uh, the Wall Street Journal is 125 years old. This week. The price of the original issue was two cents, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Um, so here's what they did to celebrate their 125th anniversary. They did a special microsite, did a lot of special content reflecting on their first issue, but also did a lot of forward-looking stuff. So, you know, if you follow the media, you know that the op-ed page of the Wall Street Journal tends to be very, very conservative. Um, and so they had columns this week from a lot more mainstream, not even business figures, but people like... Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Taylor Swift on the future of the music industry, uh, Christopher Nolan, the director on films, and James Gorman, Morgan Stanley CEO on finance and things like that. So a much more mainstream, forward-looking look for the journal. Uh, Their internal comms team handled all the outreach. If you saw the hashtag WSJ125, that was something they were promoting. Um, to celebrate the anniversary, and it's also worth noting that they worked with uh, some of the students at the Pratt Institute out in Brooklyn um, to develop art celebrating 
uh, the, 100, the 125th anniversary of the paper. That's good. I, I like forward-looking. I think it's, I, I get a bit tired of uh, these pure nostalgia pieces. Right. I think it's good to look forward as well. You know, yes, it's interesting to see what's on the original front page, how much it cost, etc., etc., what were the big stories over the years. But, yeah, let's look forward as well. So it's, it's a good, good strategy. And it, if you look at the first journal page and... It really reminds you what a traditional layout they had for such a long time, and that you look at it and you go, "Wow, it's changed a lot," but you can still see yeah. the blueprint there. <laughs> Absolutely. Too. So it's uh, it's really interesting how they laid. That yeah, it is. It's, it's quite old-fashioned looking. So is the times, in my yeah. humble opinion. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about the reputation doctor, Mike Paul. He's uh, well known, I'm sure, to most of you for being a regular commenter on media on all the news channels. Whenever there's a reputation issue or um, a PR issue or a celebrity or what have you and uh, Mike is now um, he's signed up with a, a big um, TV agent and a law firm and they are talking to TV companies networks about doing a show which will be along the lines of what Mike does for a living you know, as, a, as a reputation doctor so it's it's kind of being billed as like a real-time real-life version of Scandal the uh, DC based political thriller show um, but obviously this is real life so Mike would go in and uh, take a celebrity or a, a famous person or a rich person that's fallen on, on hard times or had, had problems and basically do his thing and uh, the program 60 minute shows would each focus on the process from soup to nuts so interesting concept and um, certainly Scandal has been a, a success so Frank would, would you tune in to such a show? Why not? Um, sounds like an interesting concept. Uh, worth pointing out that um, the show Kel on Earth was out a couple of years ago. So it won't be the first PR-centric reality show, uh, but it is, uh, it's definitely an interesting concept. And looking forward to seeing what sort of clients can get on the show to talk well, about Well, I don't think they're his clients necessarily. I think they will be celebrities specifically chosen for this. It, I'm not saying this is who they're going to get, but it could be, for example, a Lance Armstrong right. or a Paula Dean or someone like that, you know, right, and right. Um, they would be trying to reinvigorate their whole reputation and uh, going through the process. So, potentially interesting. Lindsay, would you be watching? Well, I feel like for to get my attention, this is like so bad, but I feel like there needs to be some like yelling, or there has to be some crying on the show, like I, there has I, to be. I can pretty much guarantee there's going to be some of <laughs> well, that. that's good. I mean, like, like, as like I was saying before, like um, Kitchen Nightmares, like Chef Ramsay is great because he's ridiculous and funny, um, and he, it's fun to see the transformation, and the people usually are kind of crazy that he deals with, so. If that's the way it is, like, I, I like Kitchen Nightmares. Yeah, so we're, this is, we're, we're billing this as the sort of Kitchen Nightmares for the <laughs> PR and reputation sector. All right, interesting concept. Yeah, nice way of uh, looking at it. Well, we'll follow that story with interest and see. If it, if it comes to fruition, it will probably be on screens next year, so we will look yes. forward to that. All right, finally, the PR Week Awards are open, the 200, 2015 PR Week Awards, open for entries this week, so go to our website and you can find all the details. Um, it's uh, the preeminent awards in the sector, as you know. It's the Oscars of the PR industry. So do start thinking about your entries. Um, you've got until October to get them in, but um, you know, to do a good job, as you know, um, you need to start thinking now. And there are some handy tips and features on how to put a good entry together, focusing on results, 
and not just ephemerals, which is what uh, our awards are all about and what PR should, should be all about. So changes in behaviour, increases in sales, in, uh, improvements in share prices, etc., rather than just Facebook likes or Twitter uh, retweets, etc. So, yeah, they're open. we're open for business, so um, look forward to seeing your entries this year. It's always a fantastic process. Okay, that's all we've got time for this week. We'll see you next time on the PR Week.